Hello everyone and welcome to Anime Club After Dark, the podcast that delves into all things anime, manga, and otaku culture related. I'm your host, Sho, and joining me tonight, we have Alex Senpai. Sho, we're going to change the world with our songs. Uh, first you have to learn to sing, Alex. Hey, just because I can't sing does not, it's never stopped anyone from getting in the music industry. Damn, I mean, you're not wrong. (laughs) But we are not here to talk about bad singers. We are here to talk about talented singers. We're not here to talk about my failed dreams. No, not your failed dreams. Yeah, well, what? Okay. (laughs) Sure, we're going to hear about your sad failed dreams that have, uh, been realized by this anime which is the anime of the year 2019 (laughs) called carol and tuesday carol and tuesday that was so cringe that's how they all say it uh it sounds worse when you say it (laughs) carol and tuesday please don't do it again (laughs) Yeah, Carolyn Tuesday. So I think the best place to start with this is just to to put out there, this is directed by the man, the myth, the legend, Shinichiro Watanabe. So if you don't know who he is, I where have you fucking been? Uh, he directed and uh, wrote Cowboy Bebop, Samurai Champloo, Space Dandy, Terran Resonance, uh, a couple of other things. He did, I think he directed a couple of episodes of Genius Party. Um... He also directed Macross Plus, uh, was a co-producer and involved in the music production of Michiko and Hachin. So the man has been around and he's been attached to some really top tier uh, anime projects. Oh, and lest I forget, he is also directing and uh, writing the upcoming Blade Runner anime. So yeah, there's that too. Um, This man clearly has a hard on for like Western style storytelling and western style stories uh and it kind of tells in his previous works um this anime was also uh produced by studio bones um probably currently most well known for doing mha i guess um I'm currently i just they've done some other stuff in the past it's pretty damn good yeah uh just i find it surprising that like i really dislike most if not all of Shinichiro Watanabe's works, but I really love this one. So, but I definitely see the similarities. Like, it's definitely a brand Watanabe work, but for some reason, yeah, I like sure. this one more. Also, if you look at a lot of his older stuff, especially Cowboy Bebop and Samurai Champloo, you can tell that the man is is a music fanatic like he loves incorporating music into his storytelling and i, I you know carolyn tuesday is obviously an anime original it's something that was you know came out of his own mind and i i almost wonder if after having watched this if this wasn't just a passion project that he had an idea for all along but instead of actually creating a story or, or creating music around a story he actually created a story around music uh a lot of meta that I'm gonna pretend to understand. <laughs> yes, he I don't know. Did. I just I, I feel like I feel like this. this you you kind of mentioned it. Like it's definitely got his stamp on it. Even if it's you know, you've mentioned in the past. I you're not a fan of Cowboy Bebop or Samurai Champloo. I don't even think you've even seen Space Dandy. I haven't. I haven't seen Champloo or Dandy. I have seen Bebop. 
I didn't like it. Hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's definitely got his stamp on it for sure. Yeah. So I thought we'd start off with the genres that this show is. Um, the first it runs genre. the gamut of a few of them. The first genre that I wrote down on this document, I know Alex doesn't agree with, and is also not listed on the mal description of it, but I definitely think it is a cutesy moe shoujo show. Okay, um, I yeah. agree with all of that. Well, maybe not so much the QC. I definitely don't agree with the Moe. It, it, it like the art style is not Moe in any regards. I the shoujo bar, I will definitely, I'll, I'll buy that. Like it's definitely a shoujo esque uh, well, story. If you define Moe as blob, then no. But if you define Moe as something that makes you want to protect it, then I would consider this Moe. Because the main, mainly because the characters, the main characters, Carol and Tuesday, they're very pure, simple, hardworking characters, which is very typical of Moe and Shoujo. And Mm. to me, it seems like it falls into those categories very easily. Also, their physical character designs are very cutesy. You have Tuesday who has like, the cutesy freckles, the Lolita Victorian fashion, and then you have uh, Carol, which has like she wears overalls, which is like very Tom like boyish. I wouldn't even call it. Bo- it is it is boyish, but in an anime sense, I would consider it like like odd cutesy. I don't know. I think both of their character designs are very very. Uh, moe inducing i mm, I, I don't know if moe I, i'll go with the cutesy aspect of it but not the moe i, I definitely shoujo i was I will, I will give you the shoujo like carte blanche but i i just can't buy the fact that this is a moe like when i think of moe i think of uh, you know kyoto animation moe moe kyun that's what i think of well that's blob moe yeah moe that's, has that's... many different uh iterations um don't I be so close-minded alex I um, guess it's just it's just <laughs> Kyoto Animation is so thoroughly cornered the market on Moe. It's hard for me to think of Moe as anything else. And another thing that makes this shoujo is quite obviously that Carol and Tuesday, the two main characters, are women. So uh, I mean, and they are actual characters. They're not like uh, self inserts to look at the male characters. They're actually interesting in and of themselves. So you know that's a further. Reason why it's shoujo, which might be a reason why I like it more than Watanabe's other works, because a lot of his other works don't have female protagonists, except for Michiko and Hachin, which I haven't watched. So maybe I would like that. Well, and that's not actually his story or his. Um, oh, okay. Or his. He, he didn't actually direct that, he co produced it and oh. he worked on the music. Interesting. That sounds so, like I mean, something he was I working like, with though. someone else on that one. It wasn't strictly his idea. Interesting. Uh, actually, the person who directed Michiko and Hachin is the same person who directed um, uh, Yuri on Ice, whose name escapes me momentarily. Well, I like both of these. Sayo Yamamoto. Yes, I do like Yuri on Ice, so maybe I should watch Michiko and Hachin. Um, it's very good. Well, uh, one reason I brought up this genre that I self-identified with it is that I don't actually like a lot of shoujo shows. 
So it's surprising that I actually liked this one. And I feel like I liked this one over the plethora of other shoujo anime is that it's not just cutesy. It has so much more going for it that we'll talk about later. And, you know, even though on the surface I'm not into the cutesy shoujo, it had so much other things going on for it that I completely loved it. Yeah, well, it's not your typical shoujo story. It doesn't have like your typical shoujo, <laughs> uh, take care of me, I'm just a klutzy girl, like stereotype. No, it's je- definitely has a deeper plot, deeper characters, a lot more going on, a lot more facets yeah. to explore. Um, I, I, I attribute a lot of that to the fact that this story pretty much fully centers around music and the making of it. Definitely that is another main genre. That is the main genre, basically of the show and i similarly to shoujo i actually don't like music genre anime because a lot of anime that are music genre are idol shows and they sadly you're right (laughs) they have they're the most vapid shallow boring shows on the face of the earth so you know the music genre is not a like does not have a good reputation in my mind um so it's surprising i even checked this out because it's shoujo it's music like i don't i'm not interested in these genres but i think why carolyn tuesday may have been more my jam than all of these other idol shows is that it focused way more on the western industry rather than the yeah. eastern industry and also well, it like like for, there are many other reasons but i think that's the main reason i would honestly say that the, the, the deeper i got into this the, the more i was like questioning is this like some kind of criticism of the eastern music industry because we, we think of like the eastern music industry especially k-pop now it's like these um these artists aren't exactly um weeded out because they have the most talent it's almost as if they go to these farms and they're forced to become musicians like it's not something that they would have probably done voluntarily it seems like something their parents might have gotten them into and the more i watched carolyn tuesday the more i thought is this like some kind of backdoor criticism of this of the eastern music industry i mean i guess the eastern music industry is a bit more commercialized commercialized that's the that's the phrase i was looking for i mean like i think just like the eastern industry there's not there's a lot of western celebrities that don't have a lot of talent there's a lot of western celebrities that are groomed from early childhood i i personally don't see this as a criticism but it could be I think it's yeah. just Watanabe pay, paying homage to a w- aspect of Western culture, yeah. which he's clearly which he does about. in a lot yeah. of his works. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at Cowboy Bebop, and it's essentially like the, the soundtrack of that show is an homage to jazz music. Mm-hmm. Um, and another core aspect of this show, genre-wise, is that it is science fiction. The entire premise, kind of. the entire premise of the show, is that the music industry is taken over by AIs and there's no more live musicians and no more live vocalists it's all electronic and then Carolyn Tuesday come in and they bring something old but something new back into the industry that no one else is doing and 
they breathe life into a ro- robotic husk of an industry and yeah. show that emotions should are the core of music. Um, like, on paper, that is what the show is about, but I don't think they really explored that a lot in the show. I don't think they actually, I don't think they explored that enough, if I'm, I'm quite honest. If, if I have one major criticism of, of this anime, it's probably that. They didn't explore this concept near enough they really didn't and honestly i mean i i I feels like they forgot that that was the premise of the show halfway through and i think the show would be perfectly fine if this was never included in the show if it was just a normal like setting not on mars um yeah that's another thing this this entire show takes place on Mars, like on this terraformed Mars, which is really an odd choice. Um, I, I don't know if that helped or hurt uh, the story in any way. I eh. I found it completely irrelevant. Yeah, I don't think yeah. it did do anything for the story. I, I will say I will say I found it irrelevant because there were certain parts of it um, of of the anime as a whole where I thought eh, this doesn't make a whole lot of sense i'll give you a good example of that toward the end of the show of the of the of the anime there was a scene where carol and tuesday are like standing or sitting on the roof of their apartment building and looking up at the sky and you can see earth very clearly in the sky like so clearly you can make out like continents and clouds and stuff and i just thought Ooh, that's not right <laughs> that's <laughs> if you were on mars and you looked up you would not see earth like that in the sky <laughs> Well, I don't know how they've managed to like lasso Mars closer to Earth. LOL. But, <laughs> uh, I don't know. It was something like that. But like, okay, if you're gonna actually set it on some kind of futuristic uh, terraform Mars, fine. But don't take me out of it like that, because anyone who knows anything about the scale of the universe is gonna look at that and say, "Ooh, no." Yeah, that is true. Um, they could have definitely explore that a bit more but um i mean it's not that it i don't think it's that relevant to the overall story as in like i don't consider it uh a hindrance to the story no i just consider it something they could have expanded but it's it's just when they do stuff like that it's very noticeable for someone like me who actually knows what it would actually look like if you looked up in the sky on mars well yeah i mean it's pretty common sense like we don't see the intricacies of the mars uh surface from earth so why would vice versa work yeah um so let's move on to just the general visuals of the show i really enjoyed the character designs i thought they were really polished they looked great each character had their defining uh traits that were visually represented um definitely no same face they all had looked very different and i liked each of their quirky aesthetics i definitely really enjoyed it i like that aspect of the character design the fact that every single character had a very unique look so i mean just by looking at them even if you were looking at them from behind based on the outfits they were wearing you knew who who it was yeah. Um, you didn't even have to see their face. I will say one thing about the character design that actually took some getting used to. It, I would say it took me about three or four episodes to really get used to it. Is um, it kind of has that Code Geass thing where a lot of people are really skinny um, and they have long limbs and some of them have very noticeably long necks. 
I didn't find that an issue. But... I, well, I after after a few episodes, I just ceased to even really notice it. Um, it's just kind of a quirk of mm. the the um, the character design and the art style. I think that they decided to go with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't necessarily think it's a, it was a bad decision. It's just that like from an aesthetic standpoint for me personally i thought ooh, some of these characters need to start eating some burgers or something they're way too skinny <laughs> oh no um yeah so when i was watching the preview trailer for carolyn tuesday the thing that convinced me to actually watch the show was the animation it was mm. so beautifully animated and like they weren't doing like crazy stunts just their movements were just fluid and really pretty to look at and when i watched the actual show there was it was definitely consistent with the trailer and this animation was def like it was the best part of it was when the characters were doing their dance sequences yeah i'm very impressed that they animated each of these sequences like very specifically choreographed uh for each song and like they animated the most trivial of movements like the a lot of the female singers would like wave their hands around to the melody and that's something you would see in a real life performance. Um, it's, some, it's something very trivial that you wouldn't think of wasting, wasting, quote unquote, um, a lot of animation budget into. But they did animate that very fluidly. And mm. honestly, it paid off so much. I mean, there was actual dance sequences, but just the people moving on stage while the songs were going really made this a top tier show for me because i i'm pretty sure everyone but i especially love dance sequences in anime i could if there was a show that was only dance sequences i would watch it (laughs) Um, it's just so adorable and cute and great i love it and carolyn tuesday invested a lot of animation budget into animating these don't lie. dances don't lie you were dancing along weren't you oh my god yes i was <laughs> how did you know uh, i i i had a feeling i had a feeling i i will say so you brought up before um uh idol shows right mm-hmm. uh one of the things that a lot of idol shows are criticized for and i think rightly so is the over-reliance on cgi during dance sequences um, you didn't really see that a whole lot in Carolyn Tuesday. In fact, if there ever was a sequence that was entirely a dance sequence that was entirely done in CGI, I can't think of one. Definitely uh, not. There was some CGI, I think, in some crowds, but for the dance sequences, there was none. Yeah, I, I, I think that 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 was probably the biggest strength that the choreographer, like the dance and 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 um, uh, song sequences in the anime had going for it was the fact that they didn't have that reliance on cgi like so many idol shows do and it it some of that some of those idol shows they had that really bad cgi it just takes you completely out of it uh, something that's supposed to be 
I know that the focus in idol shows is supposed to be on the music because really? they're supposed to be making music. But when you're when you're interspersing that with with just absolutely terribly animated uh, dance choreography, even if the choreography is good, if it's terribly animated, it's I, I it takes me out of it so much. And that never happened, not a single time with Carolyn Tuesday. Yeah, another thing that I hate about idol shows is that okay, you say that it's for the music. All of the idol shows I've watched, the music is shit. The singers are bad. And and I only watch it for the dance sequences, which half the time are not that great. Like, all I want is a dance sequence. Can someone give me a dance sequence? All for want of a dance sequence. Yes. Uh, um, so, I think we should move on to the, honestly, the best part of this show, which are the insert songs. Yeah, because... they're pretty good. There's a there's a ton of them too. Like there's so for a 24 episode show, there's so many insert songs. I have not heard a more quality, highly produced, talentedly composed and sung like set of songs in an anime than this show. Honestly, my expectations were blown out of the water. I have not experienced this quality of music from an anime ever. It's just yeah. it's just completely unprecedented. Yeah. Um I think well you you mentioned it to me I think while the show was actually still airing that a lot of these songs, maybe not all of them, but a lot of them are like radio quality songs or they could be. Definitely. Like I would not be surprised if I just turned on the radio and I heard something that sounded like a Carolyn Tuesday song because they sounded like they something I would hear on the radio. And which, speaking of which, I think we have to kind of put out there a, a very interesting uh, decision that was made for this. So, uh, and I, I'm I'm going to be really curious to see how uh, Carolyn Tuesday actually gets dubbed. Um, I'm assuming that Netflix is going to be doing the dub, seeing as that's who picked it up in the West. Um, but for the Japanese subtitled version, obviously the the characters are voiced by Japanese seiyu by voice actors. But when they start singing, they are uh, the the vocals switch to actual Western uh, singers that they found. I'm and and the amazing thing is that the the Western singers that they actually got to do the songs in English sound. I won't say they sound exactly like the Japanese seiyu, but they're not far off. Yeah. Um, for a number of them, they're quite similar, but sometimes there's a pretty big difference. The biggest, the one that comes to mind is Piotr. Oh, like yeah. His, his... First of all, first of all, the, the, the way he sings, like it's almost like he's singing faster than the lip flaps are moving, um, <laughs> which makes me think that the person who was actually doing the singing didn't actually have access to the visuals of the mouth flaps to kind of sync it up uh, but also the fact that when they switch over this it's so noticeable that it's a completely different person yeah like the japanese voice actor is very uh nasally and high-pitched and then the uh singer is very deep and smooth so mm. i'm just like who possessed you and started singing <laughs> <laughs> i had the exact same i had the exact same like thing happened when when the first time i heard piotr sing in english i'm like 
okay, like this is good. I mean, your singing is pretty good, but you're it's very obvious you're a different person. Yeah, and the, honestly, the fluent English is such a high selling point because it's so mm. rare to find that in anime and even rarer to find that in the music of an anime. So mm. I'm just so just so impressed and blown away by this. Uh, and a lot of the songs were really, really great. Um, so some particular insert songs that I thought I'd talk about. Um, the first main song that we hear, The Loneliest Girl by Carolyn Tuesday, when I first heard that in, I think it was the first episode, girl, I got chills. That was so beautiful. So emotional. It was honestly like, ugh, it killed me. It sold me on on, on the show. It was a perfect way to start the, uh, anime and it was an amazing song. Yeah, it was, it was also a really perfect way, I thought, to, to show off this effect of having two different voice actors, one for the actual dialogue and one for the music. Mm-hmm. And how, like, seamlessly they transitioned. Uh, so later on in the show, we get to a point where there's a uh, singing competition, and one of the contestants, OG Bulldog, sings... <laughs> um, uh, trap opera <laughs> which, Yeah that was interesting Which I don't know what you Thought of it but honey that's something I would listen to It really I mean, it, it, it was it, interesting like you, it, two genres of music You wouldn't think go together At all but it works It um it really it Reminded me of Lindsay Sterling Who does electronic Violin which yeah. is Also uh two very different um genres mashed together and honestly like the in uh the canon judges for that music competition thought it was ridiculous but i thought it was pretty good honestly so yeah i'd like like to point out that so the the singing competition which takes up i would say 25 percent of the first half of the anime uh is obviously modeled on singing competitions like American Idol and things of that nature. I also like the fact that they, they even include someone who's supposed to be a stand-in for Simon Cowell. I didn't catch that, I, but probably. I just thought that was, I thought that was, I thought that was just it was great. There's um, a lot of nods to the Western music industry, and I really enjoy all of them. And definitely the singing competition nod, thoroughly enjoyed. Yeah, I, I don't know if there's a Japanese version of something like American Idol or uh, America's Got Talent or something like that. I, 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 I actually don't know. I probably should have looked that up before we did this. But um, yeah, I, I just wonder if it's something that the Japanese audience would even be aware of or the average Japanese audience member would be aware of. I'm not sure, but I feel like it's definitely a bigger phenomenon in the West than it is the East. I think so, too. Um I don't know if if anyone is listening to this and they actually know about that, uh, please send us some links to Japanese version of of uh, like American Idol. Yep, yeah, uh, please do. Uh, another uh, entry into the singing competition was by the Mermaid Sisters. Oh my god! Which 
Uh, let's just talk about the mermaid. No, mm, we can talk about them later. Let's just talk about their song, uh, which was acapella swearing, swearing. with in a very like nice cheery tone, which honestly is something I would listen to. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Yeah, I I guess it certainly it was probably the only time during this entire watching Carolyn Tuesday that I genuinely laughed out loud because I didn't expect it. First of all, like way to subvert my expectations, like perfectly for what they were going to sing, um, and just the fact that it made me laugh just made me love it so much. I mean, it's completely ridiculous, and it's like they get booted off the show, which who wouldn't boot them off the show after this? But like it's. In the middle of this, like, no-holds-barred scene competition, like, it's great that I was able to laugh at something. See, your reaction is definitely the intended reaction, but to me, it's like, I listen to this kind of stuff, and I like it, so I'm like, this is just normal for me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, what's so special about this? But uh, I didn't The funny thing is I can actually imagine you singing like this, though. Me singing like that? Honey, I wish. Not necessarily. No, I'm not necessarily saying the um, the 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 harmony. I'm talking about like the actual content of the lyrics. I could just imagine you singing swear words. Thanks. I'll take that as a compliment. Um, and a a lot of um, Angela's songs were premiered in the singing competition. Mm-hmm. Um, such as Move Mountains, All I Want, and Light a Fire. I believe all but two of the songs she sings are in the singing competition. I think so. I think you're right. Um, and honestly, I loved the Angela songs. I I think Except... Angela was my favorite uh, voice. I definitely loved so many of her songs. Uh, every time she performed, I was... okay. Every week, I was waiting, like, I was so, uh, like, I don't know how to say this, but I was, at the end of every episode, I was looking forward to the next one to hear the premiere of the new songs so badly. I was like, when is the next episode coming? I need the new song. And Angela (laughs) always delivered. She always gave me a fucking award-winning performance and i lived for her music uh yeah uh yeah i i I think i i don't think there was a single angela song that i disliked entirely i don't think you can say the same thing though because there was one song that she sang you didn't like yeah i didn't like the song she sang at the grammys before she collapsed that was that's a good Oh wait, no. That was no. Oh, you're talking about the, oh the Grammy performance. I thought you were talking about the uh, the the one the uh, collaboration she did with At the Gun. Uh, that was not bad. Uh, it was okay. It wasn't like one of my favorites, but see that I didn't like the EDM part of that song, but I liked the Angela part. So oh, you like the vocals, but not the music. Yeah. Um, okay. And after the singing competition, Angela debuted with uh, Breathe Again as her single and honestly i loved breathe again and they the uh producers of the show took so long to officially release the full version of breathe again i was so angry when i first 
listened to Breathe Again when the episode premiered, I was dying to get my hands on the full version. And it took so long to release. Oh my god. But uh, it was So I know, I know we're talking about insert songs and we can keep talking about it. I, I do, before we move on though with the music, I want to talk about the OPs and the EVs. Because we haven't talked on those. And those are, I thought they were all really good. I didn't really care for any of them, except for the second ED, which was by Angela. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) I don't know. I really, I love the second OP. Um, Polly Jean. It's okay. I don't know. I just, I I just, I really loved the song. I thought it was like, it, it encapsulated like the concept of Carol and Tuesday, the characters really well. Um, I, and, and I I like the the um sort of I don't even know what you call the the visuals for that it would be um like watercolor water yeah watercolors um I want to say juvenile but that sounds so mean I know what you mean like very childish very simple yeah yeah not unpolished very simple um it kind of looks like juvenile watercolors it's that's the be- I, I don't say that as a as a as a slight. Like it it fits the song really well. I think. Yep. I don't know. I just I I love the ops and the eds. Um, I look forward. To- I never skipped them. I did. <laughs> so mean. Um, and one last uh, song I wanted to talk about was the very last song uh, that was premiered on this show, which was Mother. Um. I didn't particularly like the song for its catchiness, but I did like the like meaning behind it, and I thought it was, I thought lyrics were very well chosen. Um, yeah, I thought I I really liked the lyrics behind that. Mm. Actually, I liked it in general. Um, I liked the the music that they they went with. I like I like the fact that they brought pretty much all of these characters back. I mean, some of these characters who were you thought may have been incidental characters who were just there to fill a role for an episode, they were back and they were singing again. That was nice. Um, especially a lot of the characters from the singing competition uh, came back. Um, I I thought that was really cool. It had a very "We Are the World" vibe. So mm-hmm, definitely, for those who definitely may not know uh, since it's, it's well, it's before your time for sure, and it's certainly been, oh. it's even before my time. Um, uh, "We Are the World" was a collaboration that was done in the '80s. Yeah, in the '80s, uh, by a couple of dozen different uh, musicians. Uh, it was for it was for I think it was for AIDS research, if I'm not mistaken. It's either for AIDS or it was for African aid. I can't remember. It's one of those two, though. Um, but yeah, it had that very "We Are the World" vibe, especially when considering the meaning behind it, because it was meant to like sway political opinion. Oh, see, you know what I personally uh, remember is "We Are the World" twenty five for Haiti. <laughs> Yes, that yeah, that was also something that happened. It was it was essentially the same thing, just with more contemporary artists. Yeah, so that's like how I personally saw it. Yeah, because I was sorry. Alive the old motherfucker here is going back to the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like draw from personal experience. I don't know what you draw from, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, definitely another nod to Western, the Western industry that I enjoyed. Um. So, we can talk about 
um, some of the recurring things in the show, as well as the general plot. Um, so I know there's something you wanted to talk about. Yeah, okay, so one of the things I loved about uh, this, especially the, the since this is a story ostensibly about music and the making of music, um, was the fact that almost every time you saw someone uh, using an instrument, it was a real instrument, like a licensed instrument. Uh, Tuesday plays a Gibson acoustic guitar. Carol plays an actual Nord keyboard. Um, they use, uh, well, toward the in the second half, they use uh, Newman microphones. Uh, I, th- I thought that was a really, really cool thing to do. Um, I'm, I'm glad that they were able to license this stuff. And actually, in, in general, um, there's a lot of usage of brand name things in in this anime and it's something you don't see a lot of in anime you see a lot of faux name brand stuff like instead of like amazon it'll be amazoom or something like that um and they didn't really do that a whole lot in in this in this anime like another thing they use a lot of is instagram and they actually just say instagram and you look at their phones and it's actually fucking instagram which is another thing i want to know when the fuck does this take place like, it's got to be in the future, right? But how far into the future are they still using Instagram? LOL. That's a good question. <laughs> uh, I, I just, I love that because as someone myself who really enjoys music, it's really great seeing these uh, nods to actual instrument makers and things like that. That's just something that uh, an anime like Kaon also did, um, where all the, the characters were playing real instruments. Mm-hmm. And it just helps it helps with the immersion of it. Definitely. Um I get pulled out sometimes when they do the Amazon thing for the yeah. McDonald's. M- uh, McDonald's. Yeah, it pulls me out a little but I've definitely kept uh kept my attention on the story and not Oh, and on things like else. things like uh South by Southwest, which is a real thing or the Grammys. Yeah. Um uh, it was just it was it was really great that they were they were able to do that. I I wonder how much they had to pay to actually use those those names, but you know whatever. And then and when they're actually talk, some of the characters talk about their musical inspirations. They talk about actual uh, living, breathing artists. Uh, Tuesday towards the beginning of the show talks about being really inspired by Cindy Lauper. Um, Apparently, if you go to the Carol and Tuesday website, Carol is supposed to be inspired by Beyonce, Adele, and Aretha Franklin. What I just surprise. thought that was really cool. Also, something I thought was really cool. So the eye catches, which are those things that pop up in the like in the middle of the episode. It's when it's shown on TV. It's when they go to commercial. Um, you see like actual records being used and it's the records that where each episode title gets its name from so there's like one with the beach boys one with aerosmith you know and it was really cool that the episodes took their titles from actual western song titles it's very very jojos of them it was uh honestly i didn't really uh get a number of the references because uh, they were all very old but i did uh-huh. appreciate it no i did uh-huh. appreciate it though hmm. i understood all of them I don't know if you should be proud of that or not. I don't know. I know you're not proud of me for it. All I can say is I'm proud of myself for not recognizing it. Wow. Uh, Yeah, but that was a great little um, 
Easter eggs that they dropped in. And Mm -hmm. that was uh, definitely great. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I just, I know you're, you're, I know you're just sitting there thinking, God, he's an old motherfucker. (laughs) I mean, why do I associate with him? (laughs) I was like, your word's not mine, honey. You're so in your head. Like, I wouldn't say that. I appreciate you. I'm not saying you're th- saying it. I'm saying you're thinking it. I'm a, I appreciate you for your unique perspective. Okay. <laughs> um, so another uh, aspect of this show that is related to the plot is that this is a very much an underdog show. The characters are s- supposed to be underdogs. I mean, uh, Tuesday is a runaway with... Uh, no real like she's rich but she doesn't get any support or backing from her parents or her associates she basically has to make a name for herself and carol is just hopping between part-time jobs that she is not good at she a broke bitch let's be let's let's call it like it is she a broke bitch yeah she broke as hell and she's a busker um and that's all that's like She's basically Tuesday and Carol are at the bottom of the barrel of the music industry. If you could even consider where they start as part of I, the music industry, I also I also like the fact that um, I, I got a chuckle out of this when when uh, Carol is going around doing all the part time jobs at the beginning of the of the anime. I like the fact that as she keeps getting fired, she keeps getting hired for more and more ridiculous jobs. Yeah, that was pretty. Uh hilarious sequence i enjoyed that. especially the one where she gets hired as a professional mourner which is a real job that exists by the way oh i didn't know that wow <laughs> i don't know some people die and there's not a lot of people to mourn them so they they leave money behind to hire professional mourners how vain can you be mm-hmm. and like, speaking of that there are also a lot of uh comedic moments in the show um it, the show switches between comedy to drama to, like, a uh, heartwarming underdog story. It has a little bit of everything, and I think it's pretty well balanced. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I love the underdog aspect of the, sh- of the of the story, though, by the way, because it, that's one of my favorite types of stories, especially in anime, because, I don't know, the Japanese seem, seem to do underdog stories really, really well. Um, it's just... I don't know. I just I, I love the fact that it was portrayed as legitimately coming from the bottom up. Um, and even Tuesday, who had probably had uh, I won't say necessarily a reason, but certainly had the ability if she wanted to to uh, maybe dig into her family's treasury a little bit and maybe prop herself up. Didn't go for that, even if she could have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually. I personally did not like the underdog aspect only because it felt forced later on in the show. I I definitely like underdog. Ah, I see what you mean. Yeah, I definitely like underdog stories in general. Um, I do think they are a bit overused in anime. I think anime is just too too into it. It's um, overused in shonen for sure. I'll give you that. Yes, and um, like That's I definitely you see a lot in shoujo though. That's the, true. The concept it is of not the underdog story. True. That is very true. Um, and I was perfectly fine with it at the beginning of the show. But I really, 
when I was watching the beginning or the first bit of the show, I was really hoping that once they get big, they don't stay underdogs because mm-hmm. I feel that, that w- that's very, very poor writing. Um, like you're trying to stay consistent with the show, but in the situation is not realistic that they would still be underdogs. It's something very cheesy that you would see from like a sitcom or like a episodic show that has to maintain the status quo, even though it doesn't make sense, which this show is not an episodic show. And I really hoped they would grow out of the underdog thing, but they didn't. Like even when they were successful releasing hits, they were still living in a broke down storage unit. Um, and like they were still like begging on the street they were still busking even when they were like releasing hit singles so i that's one thing i have a complaint about is that you know you don't always you you can start an underdog but we don't have to stay it we can like if they moved on from the underdog i feel like their characters would have given been given an opportunity to grow a little more and we would have seen a bit more aspects of their personality um maybe yeah that's just my two cents yeah um i mean i i i I definitely get where you're coming from um i think there is still a little bit of of like a realism aspect to it though because there's a lot of independent musicians and that's essentially what they are even by the end they're independent musicians because they still haven't signed a contract with the label by the end of the show Uh um there's a lot of independent musicians in real life who even want if they release like one or two hit singles they still will maintain a part-time job for a while until they believe that they can make an actual go of it and make a career out of being musicians so in that sense i i think that they maintaining a, a certain status as an underdog toward the end was realistic, but I, I get where you're coming from. And I do kind of agree that, you know, they've, they've done a lot of stuff by the end of it where they shouldn't still be considered an underdog, maybe toward the bottom of the professional totem pole, maybe, but not an underdog. Yeah. Um, now the main part of the plot is definitely the music aspect. Mm. And we've already talked about it, but this show focused on the Western industry as opposed to the Eastern. And that definitely was a huge selling point for me, especially since I was a huge pop music nerd when I was in high school. I used to watch all of the cheap, stupid music-related promotional events, interviews, I was so deep into that trash and watching this made me relive that trash lifestyle and (laughs) I loved it. Um, (laughs) Honey. I mean, I'm not going to say that I was a whole lot different growing up, although I wouldn't say it was high school. I'd say it's more middle school for me. Uh, But the the difference is the people I was interested in. Like, I was interested in people like the fucking Backstreet Boys. (laughs) If we're, I don't even know when were you in high school, were you actually listening to? Backstreet Boys was my grade school, honey. Uh huh. (laughs) I'm so sorry. It's just the truth, okay? (laughs) Um, I was, 
um, in high school when Nicki Minaj and Lady Gaga uh, of course. premiered of course. their debut okay, single. A, a little behind the scenes information here. This man never shuts up about Nicki Minaj. <laughs> yes, queen, because she is the queen and she deserves to be worshipped. Um, uh-huh. Yes, but um, I was all over those artists. Like, I knew every single tidbit of information about them. Uh, and here you are now. Amazing. Um, but yes, so the they did a lot of nods to... Uh, aspects of the western music industry which and they didn't they didn't they also did not focus on just the positive aspects of the industry either they did they did show some of the negative aspects especially the idea of how easy it is to get number one get hooked on the idea of being famous and number two how to let that go to your head and kind of get you off track and ruin your life definitely so going with that um one of the negative parts of the industry that we saw was that in one of the later episodes, uh, Angela was cyberstalked by a person going by the Black Knight, and I believe she was attempted, like, an, and there was an attempted assassination. I believe. Yeah, but yeah, it's, yeah. The 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 stalker. It, because I guess he felt like he wasn't getting enough attention from her, decided, well, if I can't have you, no one can. Which, honestly, it felt super real. Because not just celebrities, but, well... Anyone famous. Yes. Um, But, like, something that I personally would... uh, I personally see is that internet celebrities get this all the time. Um, hmm. because I see like the comments on uh, popular social media or um, vid- content creators um, on their work, I see tons of comments, you know, of death threats and, you know, sp- like creepy comments. And the uh, whole plot thread about the stalker with Angela felt super real especially angela's reaction um that she was like so uncomfortable but she did wasn't sure how to like vocalize it clearly but she was very much not happy with the state of affairs and yeah well, and then and then she's also being told you know the fact that she's in the public light now you can't let this get to you you can't yeah. show people that mm-hmm. this bothers you even if it bothers you immensely you can't let it show yeah so i i thought that uh little subplot was really well done and honestly it felt really accurate to how a lot of celebrities experience harassment by their fans mm. Um, I would say I would say it's even more so like like you said um, internet celebrity especially like in the age of like the YouTuber Mm -hmm. where I think there's a lot of people who see people like this and it's like more so than like a professional industry like the music industry or Hollywood or something like that um, these people at one time were just like the people that watched them they were nobodies that didn't have any followers and then just one day they decided hey i'm gonna try and make a go of this and then they get some followers and it's like there's a lot of people that look at that and say well 
you should be able to uh, like empathize with me or you should be able to understand where I'm coming from when I say these things. And then when they can't, when these people get big enough and they can't respond to every single thing that people are constantly sending them. And it's really easy to, as a fan to become really um, disheartened by that because you feel like these people just don't care about their fans anymore just because they didn't return some, you know, one of the million messages that they got get every day from you. Yep. It's definitely something that very realistic. goes on. Yeah. Um, and another issue that is shown in this show is the abuse of medication. Um, Angela overdoses on pain medication, and one of the minor characters, Flora, is seen, like, popping pills by the handful. And she's also an alcoholic. Yes, we also see that. Um, so... And so many celebrities um, experience drug addiction and yeah. well, this alcoholism. this is pervasive within entertainment in general, especially uh-huh. here in the United States. Yeah. Um, it was immense. Like the idea of, of popping painkillers was like insanely widespread in the music industry in the late seventies through the eighties. Yeah, and something I find uh, interesting is that Lindsay Lohan released a uh, song about medication within a week of the episode where Angela overdoses on medication. Coincidence? Yes. No. Uh, <laughs> Why would you even? <laughs> but uh, the negative parts of the industry are not the only parts that are reflected in this show. Um, True, but I'm I'm glad they that I'm I'm very glad that they did put that in there because the entertainment industry in general is not all sunshine and lollipops. Yes, it definitely made the show feel more real and accurate and uh, engaging. I also oh, really so, enjoyed it. So before we move on, because I think I know where you're going to go next, something else that does a really good job at portraying, especially with Angela, is the fact that some of these people that are forced, especially at a young age into the entertainment industry and especially music uh, aren't necessarily it's not done of their own volition a lot of it is their parents forcing them into it thinking that they're the parents themselves are going to make their child famous and it's not necessarily even the the goal or the the wish of the child it's the wish of the parent because it's something that they wanted in their childhood and didn't get yes and we see that is what happens with angela Mm -hmm. and her mother i i don't even know what it is gender seems like the like an afterthought in this show okay i don't know it's i i don't know what angela's mother was supposed to be i i i, I, I use the word mother in quotation marks I think she's a trans woman i that's that's what i assume too um but i don't well, of course we also find out later that uh, not angela's real mother yes uh, I have some thoughts about her mother, but we will talk about her later. Um, this uh, whole concept personally made me think of Miley Cyrus, even though I don't think there's any explicit um, records of her having a bad relationship with her parents. But I mean, that's just one example that I personally related to. Because, you know, I was a Hannah Montana stan. Not really, but kind of. Uh... Yeah. So moving on to the positive parts of the industry that this show portrayed, which one of the first ones is that Carolyn Tuesday went to 
the Cydonia Festival, which is a music festival, which is uh, something that occurs throughout the Western world in so many towns. And oh, you're talking about music festivals in general? I thought it's like, I've never heard of the Cydonia Music Festival no, before. Just music festivals in general. Um, I've been to a few, and I really liked that they included this aspect in the show because it was relatable to me. Uh, obviously, we've already talked about the Mars Brightest singing competition. The singing competitions are very prevalent in the West. There are a lot of prominent ones. Um, and a, a I'd, I'd also like to point out that, it, at least for something like American Idol, typically the winners don't become famous. Like They become famous for winning American Idol, but they don't go on to have lucrative recording careers. That's true, but... You know, for the most part, it's true, but some um, some very few uh, winners do uh, succeed. Yeah, like, in the industry, I, but it's very, very, sometimes, very rare. Sometimes the people that that end up losing end up having a bigger career, which I true, find funny. True. Um, but again, I like the realism, and like you said, there's the Grammys. Uh, but yeah, I found this very relatable. Uh, very close to something I found passionate when I was uh, growing up. So watching this uh, from a different perspective, from Shinichiro Watanabe's imagination, I super enjoyed the whole structure of the show um, of basically going through all the different iterations of the Western industry. And it was a great ride for me. And... I, I feel like it was just something that was not maybe tailored for me, but definitely hit a lot of uh, points that were uh, sentimental to me. So, yeah, yeah that's a I, well, really major reason why I personally like the show. I, we haven't really talked about this, but I definitely wanted to before we wrapped it up. Um, so the second half of Carolyn Tuesday involves like a really political story. Uh, it's more of a backstory, really, um, that f- comes to the forefront the further along you go. Um, I just I was curious to what you thought about that, especially the f- that it really isn't. It's sort of hinted at that uh, Tuesday's mother is a politician uh, in the first half, especially in the last couple episodes of the first half, um, and that she's running for president. Um, and I'm just really curious to what you thought about bringing that sl- closer and closer to the forefront as the show went on. I enjoyed that subplot mostly because the messages it was trying to say were ones I agree with personally um, and I'm pretty passionate about. Um, But from a narrative standpoint, I don't think the political subplot had really anything to do with the main plot and I don't really think it did anything for the show so i it was a bit out of left field i don't it's just kind of random yeah i, I kind of felt the same way too i like they, they probably could have used a different um if the 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 all the, if the end of the show was always supposed to be getting everyone together and you know making this we are the world kind of uh, song. I think maybe they could have number one. They could have introduced this political aspect from the beginning, perhaps, um, and not made it so like nebulous until the second half. 
Um, but I also I mean, think that there, there was something good about it for me because, uh, I mean, depending on where you're listening to this podcast from, um, some of the issues that they were talking about are things that we're kind of having to deal with here in the United States now. So I'm just it was it was interesting to see that reflected in an anime because, you know, American political issues aren't something you see in anime very often. Yeah, um, I definitely interpreted this portrayal as a an allusion to the American political climate. Um, and honestly, I did really appreciate the way they ended the whole um, political arc by Valerie uh, rescinding her candidacy because it's something that's very sugar-coated and very... Um, fairy tale ending like something that's not very realistic yeah i mean that 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 was probably the least realistic thing about the whole show but i feel like the 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 american political political climate is just so charged and just so honestly depressing to follow that i was happy that at least there's a fairy tale ending somewhere in the world that because the actual climate is not looking too great well i mean it, it's just kind of goes to show you that that very few political matters end on a happy ending anyway regardless of the outcome probably. so i think i think that this probably ended the best way it could have given the given how this subplot was introduced and how it was you know strung along throughout the rest of the narrative um but yeah like you say i think that there's a lot it's a very idealistic uh way to end the the subplot itself i'm pretty sure it's not very realistic i mean even if all of this evidence came to light i doubt that any actual politician would rescind their candidates I don't candidacy. Think so they just pivot and say that wasn't me yeah probably um so we can just finish this off by looking at each of the characters and thinking about or and talking about what we think about them so the first one I have written down, I think she's the first character we see. Maybe not. She is. She is? Okay. Uh, which is Tuesday. And I personally found her a bit boring. I mean, she had a cute personality, but I don't think she really changed a lot during the show. And I would say if there's anyone in this story that's that's closest to the typical shoujo main character archetype, it's probably Tuesday. Definitely. That's all I got to say oh, about it. I mean, what did you she's, think she's of her? cute. Oh, she, she's cute. cute. That's all? I mean, okay. I like her. I like her character design. She's cute. I like the fact that she's kind of, <laughs> I don't know what to do. Oh, okay. Um. Also, um, freckles are really cute. I fucking love freckles. Oh, okay. Um sure so uh our second main character is carol which i really liked um my uh dad is an immigrant and i am very pro immigrants so i did just like her just character uh her basic character background of being an immigrant that just automatically made me uh what do you call it oh made me like identify with her and i also really loved her moment with her dad it was so heartwarming 
I got so emotional when that scene was, was so beautiful. Especially like... Do I need to give you a tissue? Yes. Um, especially like I loved how there was like all these imposter parents I thought that was funny and then immediately after she finds her real parent who's like a really nice guy and a really chill dude I'm like ah why and I super loved her little arc with Ezekiel because they were so adorable as children okay and then there's such a like romantic thing like childhood friends i am into it they're like meant for each other they're so good together i ship it so much love that <laughs> so i did really like carol but at the same time i don't think she really grew at all during the like entire show her personality stayed the same her basic like principle stayed the same. She didn't really fluctuate at all. She was kind of static the whole time. So that's one complaint. Honestly, I, I, mean, I don't know if we're going to go through every single character here before we end, but um, I would say the only character who really changed a great deal throughout the course of the anime is Angela. Yes, and that is why Angela, among other reasons, is my favorite character. Um, I really enjoyed that... Um, she had high points, low points, and then she recovered and grew. And, you know, there's so many... Honestly, she had way more character development than the actual main characters. Like, she discovered herself. She uncovered mysteries. She broke down her personality and reconstructed it from scratch. It's she... like watching Scooby-Doo. Wait, what does it have to do with Scooby-Doo? <laughs> Solving mysteries. Oh my god. Anyways, uh, I appreciated the character growth. I also love Angela because she's a bad bitch, diva, cold-hearted, cold bitch. Love a lot her. like you. Yes. <laughs> um, what else? I think that's it. No, yeah. I did like... Those were all the aspects of Angela. I liked I her character arc a lot. I, I liked the fact that, you know... She definitely has. She grows a lot throughout the course of the story. I mean, she she basically goes from being this cold-hearted diva bitch, pretty much, um, to this character you actually kind of want to root for by the end. Sure, I always want. Whereas when well when you when you see her, she's like, "Bitch, shut the fuck up." Wow, I I always wanted her to talk because I always <laughs> loved her. She's a beautiful <laughs> person. Um, so unlike. Her mother, she's a beautiful person. Um, so I don't know what you think about Dahlia. I was very confused. Um, <laughs> so when I was showing, but, but accepting, I was accepting, but very confused. When when I showed my sister this show, and my sister saw Dahlia, she was like, "Is this offensive?" <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, okay, I personally didn't find it offensive, but... I mean, again, this is something... I can't believe this wasn't ever, like, made of an issue in the show, um, especially considering how, I won't say backwards, but how not as far along Japan is in terms of, like, trans and, you know, gay rights and stuff like that. Um, 
I'm just I'm really surprised that this wasn't made more of an, like transgenderism wasn't made more of an issue cons- considering the fact that there's a couple of characters in the show that while not necessarily explicitly stated to be certainly have the appearance of being transgender. Yeah. Um to be specific, I don't think her character design physically is offensive. I think she looks fine personally. Well, okay. I mean, Clearly, I that's not the popular opinion. I won't opinion. say it's offensive, I, but I also won't say it's attractive either. Clearly, some people think she looks bad, but I think she looks fine. Okay. Um, but one offensive part is that apparently she abused her child because of her hormone medication, which to me feels like very offensive um, to trans people. And I don't know if there's anything else. I think that was all that I had to particularly Me, say about Dahlia. I don't, I, I, I don't know. I feel like I should shut up before I say something oh, that no. John will have to edit out. Okay. <laughs> um, I also just wanted to talk about Tao for like a quick second. Like Tao, Mr. Tao. What was that? I, I, like how every, I like how everyone uses honorifics with everyone else except Tao. Well. Everyone just calls him Mr. Tao. Well, he is an AI, so... Gotta address him with a proper lack of honorific. Uh, I found it kind of out of left field that he's Angela's, I don't know, stepbrother, Bear quote brother? sister? Well, I don't know the exact or, relation. I mean, not sister, brother. <laughs> yes, he's her sister. Whatever. They're related sister. somehow. Um, that felt awkward. I don't know if I like that or not. I, I feel like that justifies the amount of screen time he got because he was related to Angela. It also justifies the amount of like effort he puts into her in the story. I guess. I think. But it just feels narratively awkward. I I think the way I think the idea of it isn't necessarily narratively awkward. The way it is introduced at the very end of the story is very awkward. Yes. That is if it true, had been if, if it had been introduced at maybe the halfway point or maybe the three quarter mark, I think it would have been better. Yes, I definitely agree. Like uh, uh, right after he get a Tao gets arrested, might have actually been the better time to like uh, make this known. Yep, definitely earlier than the time it was revealed, which was like yeah. the last episode. Uh, it was the it was the last episode I think when it was revealed, or maybe the, the next to last. Well, it may have been the next to last now that I think about it. Maybe. Um, it almost like it's like that thing I talk about with Darling and the Franks. You can't you can't introduce a major plot point during the climax. No, you can't. It wasn't a major plot point, but it was a major character point. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a major character arc sort of point. And you can't just be introducing brand new stuff to the story during the climax. No, you can't. So I definitely agree with your complaints. And um, one last character I wanted to talk about was Artagun. Artagun, uh, my favorite, voiced by my fa- one of my favorite Japanese voice actors, Mamoru Miyano. I found his like super selfish, super egotistical personality very entertaining to watch. Um, yeah, definitely. He's got, the, he's got like the prima donna thing going on, sort of like Angela does in the beginning. Uh, sure. I guess the male version. Uh, it definitely um, 
is what I imagine DJs to be. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, in, like, my, like, fantasy, like, clearly they're not, well, I don't think they're really like that, but in a... I, some probably are. I mean, maybe. some of the bigger name ones that have been around for a while probably are like that. I don't know. Uh, I feel like DJs realistically are just like very introverted, but <laughs> their their um, PR makes them seem very self-centered. So I'm perfectly fine with how Artigan was portrayed. I found it like funny, hilarious, and um, honestly, it was great to watch. Uh, it was it was certainly fun. He also has a bit of a character arc that where he grows by the end too, because oh, yeah. when he's first introduced, as you say, he's seen as this really selfish, very self-aggrandizing. Um, oh, look at me! I'm the greatest because you know I've just been at the top forever and no one can touch me. Kind of attitude. Mm-hmm. But then by the end, especially after he loses all of his money because of his own hubris, um, and he has to kind of gain it all back. By the end, he becomes this character. You're, you're like, yeah, you can do it. Sure. Um, I, I feel well. I say that because I feel like the art gun that you're introduced to in the very beginning of the story would not have helped Carolyn Tuesday like he does at the end. Maybe. Sometimes the characters kind of acted like convenient for the plot, so they were not always in character. So, uh. Either way, I can see Artigan helping them. But I can see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I also love the fact that he has, like, the classical good uh, good angel, bad devil thing going on after he loses his money and he's asked to try and write a new song. It's like, you can't... He's got the bad devil saying, you can't do it, just give up, just give up. And he's got the good devil's like, come on, you can do it. It's a very Artigan of him to have mm. his own angel and devil that look exactly like him. Yeah. So, what is your overall impression of Carolyn Tuesday? Alex? The anime as a whole? Yes. Um, well, uh, I wouldn't say it's Watsnabe's best work, but I would say it's definitely like a solid 9, 9.5 out of 10 for me. Um, it's, it, it's, got, it's got its hiccups. It's not perfect by any means, in my opinion. Um, but overall, I find it very, very enjoy- enjoyable. Um, it was a fun watch. It was a fun journey from beginning to end. The music was incredible. The, that concept of actually having all of the insert songs be in English is something that was really cool to see. Um, I'd like to see more, uh, more shows that are based around music, perhaps do this or at least be open to the idea of bringing western artists on board because some of the well actually almost all of the songs the insert songs were written by western artists um so it's something i'd like to see maybe more of in the in the future especially if it's a if it's a story around western music like this was um trying to think if there's anything else i want to say um i was just it was it's really fun but it's 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 a flaw i would say it's a flawed masterpiece honestly if i had to choose a phrase to say what it is i can definitely get on board with that description of it i gave it a 10 out of 10 on mal but i mean mal doesn't support 
decimal points, but I could definitely seeing it being a nine point something. Um, I personally enjoyed the heck out of it, um, specifically for that very particular niche that it itched of being about the Western music industry that is very unique for anime. Honestly, no other anime comes even close to what Carolyn Tuesday mm. provided in this. So from a purely unique factor, Carolyn Tuesday blows it out of the water. Um, all the other aspects, the animation, um, the characters, the plot is very um, decent to very good. Um, so it's not perfect, like you said. There are definitely some places where it could have improved, where it fell a little short, but the high points are super, super high. Yeah, They're, the high points were, were insanely high yeah. and the low points were just kind of in the middle. Exactly. So overall, I enjoyed the hell of it, hell out of it. I was definitely looking forward to every episode as it aired the most out of whatever was airing during the time it was airing. Um, one of my favorite shows of 2019. I certainly one of the most unique uh, anime of 2019. Perhaps of the of the 2010s. Perhaps. Uh, I definitely think it's something you should check out if you haven't. Also, if you haven't, why you're listening to this, but still. Yeah, why have you gotten this far? <laughs> it's a fucking spoiler cast. We told you what it was at the outset. <laughs> well, it's something I would recommend to anime lovers and non-anime lovers alike, I think. That's something I was going to say. If you're trying to get someone into anime, this actually might not be a bad place to start because it's not a very anime anime. Yes. it. Uh, it that makes sense. It appeals to um, an audience that doesn't necessarily have to know anime tropes or Mm -hmm. any uh, insider information. It's very accessible by a Western audience. And it's very polished and very high quality. Mm. So... And the music is awesome. Of course. So I love the experience of Carolyn Tuesday. And I was really happy with everything about it i will say one thing that before we go that is just baffling to me is why more people aren't talking about it like i see a bunch of uh people like the anime commentators on youtube and whatnot uh talking about things and rightly so things like demon slayer or um vinland saga this year that uh, it, it, in, in in all honesty are really good um, and we also have a Demon Slayer spoiler cast, which you should check out. Um, but I, I don't see a lot. I haven't seen a lot of people talking about Carolyn Tuesday, and that's sad, honestly, because more people should have paid attention to this. I, I will say, at least in the West, I attribute this to the fact that it was picked up by uh, Netflix, and Netflix just refuses to release things week to week, and just they're waiting so long after the season's over to release this shit i don't think the second part of carolyn tuesday is even released on netflix yet uh no it actually is will be released on christmas eve yes so in the west maybe that is why maybe that is why 
no one is talking about it because it has not aired on Netflix yet. That's yeah. I, I, that's that's gotta be it. I mean, I can't say that that's all. You know, the only reason, but um, yeah, there's a lot of people that seem to have slept on this show, um, and they really, it, it's really sad to me because it's it's this is quality anime. Like you and I have talked about how there's just there's a lot of very mediocre anime coming out recently, and this certainly is not mediocre. This that you can tell that there was a lot of passion poured into this a lot of talent a lot of time a lot of investment and it definitely pays off and it's definitely something that you will have a lot to say about because there's a lot of stuff going on with it and a lot of stuff i'm sure that you'd like yeah Mm -hmm. and again it's not for everyone but for for people like and you probably didn't even think it was going to be for you when you first no i didn't look how it came out you may just want to give it a try because i think it's just generally a high quality anime yeah yeah. And then when it's over, go show your mother the song "Mother." I don't think that's a. I think that's a backhanded song, Alex. I know I you were know, trying. I know you were trying for. Uh, listen, pun. I was trying for. I was trying for a good out, and you fucking ruined it. It's not my fault that your outs aren't good. But thank you all out there for dropping in to listen to us. We hope you enjoyed it because we sure enjoyed bringing it to you. If you want to check out previous episodes of the podcast, you can find us on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. If you want to keep up with what we're doing, you can join us on Discord, Facebook, Twitter, and our website. Shoot us an email if you have any questions or if you have any ideas for topics you'd like us to talk about in the future. Links to all these things are down below in the description. I have been your host, Show, and I will see you next time. Say goodnight, Alex. I just want to say, before we started this, you said, I'm going to try my hardest to keep this under an hour. We're now uh, an hour and 20 minutes in. Hey, you said the Demon Slayer cast was 90 minutes, so I was was below the upper limit. (laughs) Good night, everybody. Good night.